Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Walls. My name is Sarah and I get to be joined here with my co-host Joe Hauer. And we have the incredible honor and privilege of serving here at Arise Church in Aberdeen, South Dakota, where we strive to love God, serve people, and lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Beyond the Walls podcast is just an opportunity for us to go a little deeper um, in conversation off of what we talked about this weekend. There's about uh, 45 minutes to three hours worth of content that I don't get to share about. So this is just an opportunity for us to go down those bunny trails, ask the questions, and drink coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Good excuse. You always need an excuse to drink coffee. Do you actually need an excuse to drink coffee? I mean, I'm always good at making them. Yeah. I don't I don't excuse like needing to breathe and I kind of accuse- mm, like no apology needed. Yeah, like coffee is just part of the day. I I concur. Agreed. Agreed. Man, so coming off a bit of a break over the weekend, we had the long-awaited Thanksgiving. Yeah, Turkey Day. Turkey Day. Yeah, how was how was your time with your fam? It was good. We we did some traveling. I fortunately got to see my side the week before and then we saw my wife's side, Lindsay's the Thanksgiving we went there okay. and uh, everyone was in good moods. Nice. And yeah, it was it was fun. Um grandmas were there and Stories were told. Turkey was eaten. Um, the the famous uh, chicken and noodle. It's not a soup. Okay. But it's not a casserole or hot dish. Is it dish. just like a thick stew? It's like a like the thickest stew. Wow. That you could. So any, is this like included with bread or do you just, you go in plain? It's homemade noodles and chicken. Homemade noodles yes. and cooked chicken. Yeah. Wow. And so it's like whatever liquid is in there is absorbed by the noodles. Okay. So like it's just this carb overload of goodness that puts you into this beautiful state of mind perfecting out incredible. your after meal coma. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty good. So like would that it. be the highlight dish, would you say, of the day? You know, typically I would, but one of the cousins made a sweet potato hot dish thing it was a pan there was walnuts with like an oh man like some brown sugar situation ridiculous amount of sugar and it was like that is the only way i can eat a sweet uh, potato it was so good as if it's covered in just about anything but sweet potato yeah yeah and we're out of town and i didn't pack my after turkey ensemble my wardrobe like my get down in oh, my your elastic pants yes and you know uh, once you start getting the food sweats and watch the football game it's good to just you know you need be your comfortable mm-hmm. but i was having to suck in like oh, just no. pretend the I gene corset oh it was bad it was bad <laughs> oh no yeah so that was mine how about Man, you Man, <laughs> i was awesome it was a really chill year this year i had the opportunity to go visit kind of a couple different so i had the the triple decker thanksgiving it was nice. my own triple threat from Ooh. last week but wow. it was all fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Got to see some friends, some family. Got to see everybody. Awesome. And I would say our highlight dish was my grandpa really went hardcore on pies. Ooh. He's really gotten into baking really? in the last year. And he's actually really good. And so he made, well, every year it was a tradition that my grandma would make a chocolate pie. And all the grandkids would just demolish it like a bunch of piranhas. <laughs> and... About two years ago, my grandma passed, um, but he's kept up the tradition of providing the chocolate pie. That a boy. Yeah. And so he he brought it and wow. we kept the tradition of eating it just like insane, it. insane animals. So I just can't even imagine the sound of that. Yeah. I don't even. <laughs> yeah. That pie did not live long. And then he also made like a, a blueberry one, a cherry one. Yeah. Way to go. Mm-hmm. 
That's that awesome. was really good. So it was a good Thanksgiving. That's cool. Um, because this will be a great segue into our topic today. Yeah. Did you have any of those family moments where you're kind of like, ooh, he said that, she said that, or your crazy cousin or somebody showed up that you're like, here we go. Ooh, you know, man, how to not get myself in trouble. <laughs> I know. Right? I set you up to. You set me up, sorry. man. You know, I have actually, I've always said like, we've been crazy, crazy blessed within our family to have a very good culture of I feel like everyone is just so supportive and understanding. And for the most part, it's always fairly chill. Mm. Everybody has like, you know, their little teasing kerfuffles and whatever dynamics and all of that. But man, it was really calm and laid back and okay. everybody's just pretty much gets along. So as much as I'd like to bring some soap opera drama <laughs> and just hash it Not out so right on the podcast, um, I honestly can't say that there that there was. Mm. Annie, so kind of, kind of letting you down. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm our, sure I could raise up something. Our listeners just Maybe. tuned out. They're like, Sarah's uh, been this isn't interesting yet. at all. <laughs> I mean, my brother and I always fight over the mashed potatoes, but now my family's learned to compensate and they just make extra mashed potatoes. Oh, so well, there's really not much to fight about. Well, way to go, your family. I know. Yeah. So sorry to disappoint, but they kind of rock. I don't know. It's all right. This transition is going to be a little rough yeah well, well you know who you know, had messy family well but that's that's where i'm nervous because of what you you mentioned in your message was if you don't have any crazy people that come to mind it's you <laughs> you're, you're the crazy i'm the person. one they talk about i'm the one that they're like oh she's coming this year yeah or ooh, what is she gonna do oh can you believe she did this so i'm i'm the crazy person because i can't i can't think of who else it would be so well, Sarah, there's a reason why I brought you here to, today. Yeah. Your family is, this, asked me to talk oh, to no. you. <laughs> this is the intervention. Oh my gosh. Via yeah. podcast. Yep. So that's that's my theory. I think we it has to come down to that conclusion that it's me. Yeah. So. You know, I'll I'll validate that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what working makes, yeah. working day in, day out, you see it. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I don't know. How about for you? Oh, we have it, but yeah. again, it was pretty pretty laid back it was mm -hmm. everyone was in a great mood got to see some people i hadn't seen in a while mm -hmm. um one of my wife's bearded cousins in-law type just it was got to hang out with him for longer than i usually do so mm -hmm. it, was, it was really good conversation vikings won i mean Man. so like it was just a good good day good day of football and food sweats you mm -hmm. know so well, you can't ask for more than that yeah yeah so this is probably going to be the roughest transition we ever had as oh, far we're as we're just going to take a sharp we're just going to take a sharp okay just go for left it right into you know who had a messy family who? jesus what <laughs> jesus did yeah uh, i will fill us in well <laughs> As you know, we've been talking, uh, we started our Christmas series this That's week. Right. Mm -hmm. And as we're preparing the message and just doing everything entails for it, we're doing a series from North Point Church to kind of help us map out what we're doing for this Christmas season. It's been really good. And I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversations just about what we've been learning and putting mm -hmm. together. But we kind of take for granted that we have four accounts of the life of Jesus. For sure. Mm -hmm. And they're all unique, coming from different perspectives and all different writing styles. Um, some of different audiences they're mainly writing to, but Mark and John kind of start off in the 30s for Jesus and start off with John the Baptist, but they go right into a story. Luke starts off like the typical Christmas story. That's the one we read where the angel comes down at this incredible moment and then starts off in a story. But Matthew is really unique that he starts off in a genealogy. And this is where the messy family ties in mm -hmm. because it's a messy 
crazy, gross, creepy. Why did they choose that person to write down genealogy? Mm -hmm. And so we started tearing it apart. And because for years and years and years, I never read it. I I started going down. I'm like, well, who is Obadiah Aminadab? Who is that? I'm not even Mm going to, it didn't matter. And so you have the first uh, 16 verses that are just like. It's just like the big book of baby names, basically. Right. And the names that you're actually. There's some winners in there. Oh, yeah. I mean. That's actually should be Jehoram, Uzziah, Ahaz, Hezekiah. I mean, there's there's some goodies in there. There. So, I mean, if you're looking for 2023, some new baby names to bring into the fold, just take a glance at good old Matthew 1. Right. Matthew 1 through Mm -hmm. 16. Um, Yeah. There's a couple on there that I was like, I'm so thankful we're not going that far down the list because I would just destroy the name and probably say something inappropriate. So I know. We actually kind of almost did an overview Mm -hmm. On the genealogy and actually the author of this letter, Matthew, because he specifically wrote this for a specific purpose. And um, he wrote this letter mainly to a Jewish audience. So he needed to connect the dots because if there's going to be a literal Messiah, like a human form Messiah, had to come from the line of David. And then also he had to prove that he was really, 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 really Jewish, which would have had to come from Abraham. So he traced from Abraham to David, then David to Jesus. And in that genealogy that he wrote out, he added some people that he could have so easily not put in there. And it wouldn't have affected the genealogy line because most of the genealogy went through the male bloodline. So the people that he brought in based off of relationship with their moms or, you know, he brought in four women and he didn't need to do that. But Mm -hmm. those four women open up a doorway to this mess Mm-hmm. that happened this grossness and it wasn't necessarily the women that did it mm-hmm. it was just like saying that hey this person their mom was this person and that opens up a story mm-hmm. that would have like caused the jewish audience of the time to be like whoa 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 whoa! if you're trying to prove this why are you doing this almost taking away from the argument mm-hmm. but as we go down the genealogy and the story of matthew we realize that like that's the point mm-hmm. of the story and so we talked a little bit. We we went down to Matthew. We got down to the genealogy Abraham to King David and um, just kind of highlighted there's three people he brought up. Uh, Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and then Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. And that just right there would have caused the Jewish readers to be like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, like, why are you bringing her up? Yeah, because that was his daughter-in-law then right yeah yeah so yeah. and you said next week is where we're gonna oh, maybe we're gonna dive, dive into, into tamar's story <laughs> that story next yeah week. yeah so i mean that right from the get-go you're already digging into some family drama there yeah mm-hmm. and and family drama that the jewish writers would be like you know i know that's a part of our story but we, we usually just black that out we don't want to talk about mm-hmm. that but even yeah and i'll go through that but even why god choose to have judah as listed in the genealogy Mm-hmm. is so significant. And then it, they go on, um, Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Aminadab, Aminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Solomon, Solomon, the father of Boaz, and Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. And again, another woman added to the story that he could have completely gone over, but Rahab had a nickname. We're going to talk about her in a couple weeks mm-hmm. and that story. And it just opens up a, a huge, not necessarily gap, but this 
understanding of the people of the time, the, the, the Jews of the time, were really based off the law and the rules, and that the Pharisees were implementing all of the laws and rules that man added to God's commands. And so they were rules over relationship. And these stories open up this possibility of like, but wait, God did this and broke all the rules. It goes beyond like, we can't do that. We can't allow that, man. We can't hear that. But yet the genealogy of Christ, the Messiah, Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, God and Abad comes from this broken rules, relationship-based genealogy. And going back to that's the point of why he's doing this. So it, it almost peels off the Band-Aid and opens up what they would have thought was a wound of vulnerability of like, Everyone is striving to be this righteous person. We're obeying all these laws. And because we're doing all these right things, we're right with God. Mm-hmm. And this exposes like, no, yeah, you, you're not. It's not the on, on the record. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we're all detestable, broken, messy people. And it's not by our righteousness. Mm-mm. It's not by bloodline we say we come from. It's not by how many times we pray in the synagogue. Mm-hmm. It is literally by his righteousness, by Christ's righteousness alone. And so Matthew just reveals that right off mm-hmm. the bat. It almost brings a moment of vulnerability to the reader as you get in to the birth of Christ, of saying yeah. like, this genealogy mm-hmm. is the point of Christmas. And the, the big catch line for this week is Jesus didn't just come for sinners. He came from sinners. Mm-hmm. And it's just what an incredible way to start off the Christmas season. Exactly. It's so mm-hmm. weird because you're like jumping into like the days of our lives type mentality. What, what's that other creepy soap opera? Um, Young and the Restless. You know? oh, it's yeah. just like all this drama, all yep. this grossness, but like really it's, it's the heart of the matter. Mm-hmm. And so as Matthew's going through that and then Matthew writes his own account of his encounter with Jesus, you just have to think and, and imagine that like he had to have smiled. He had to have gotten emotional as he wrote down, like, I'm going to show what I witnessed, that I, I walked with Jesus for three years. I saw him teach. I saw him heal. I saw him be betrayed. I saw him murdered. I saw him die. And then he stood next to an empty tomb and he stood with the risen Christ. And then he penned what we call the gospel of Matthew. And just how Matthew writes and how detailed he is and how personal it was for him. It had to just been this beautiful moment to realization Mm -hmm. of like, I am represented by this genealogy. We are represented. Yeah, I think that's one of the most incredible things of working through this. When you start to piece out and you put stories to the names, I mean, it's just filled with, like you said, relatable people. There's outsiders, there's foreigners, there's people that have suffered loss. And then on the flip side, you have murderers, you have traitors, you have incest, you have adultery, you have lies, you have, I mean, just so many extreme cases and stories and people that shouldn't have belonged get invited in to be linchpins in the story that connect other generations. It's just incredible to read that the stories that are included in the Bible aren't these just offshoot random people, but a lot of them are included in the very line of Jesus Mm -hmm. going through. And I think the biggest thing that I learned from what you were studying this week that I hadn't realized before was just the connection of Solomon to Bathsheba Hmm. as uh, Bathsheba was Solomon's mom. Yeah, And that was because David killed 
Uriah, who would have been Bathsheba's original husband. So it's just all these little connections and things that um, for Bible nerds out there, like your mind is just exploding. It's so cool. But I just love how Matthew chooses to open his story with this, that for the most part, like you said, we all just breeze past it of the King James version, who begot who, who begot who, who Mm -hmm. begot who. Like, it's just like, okay, so that's a chapter I didn't have to read Mm -hmm. and then flip on to chapter two and move on. But it's actually a really calculated, really smart way to open up the story. It goes against any political campaign sort of approach of hide the mess. Right. Don't don't let that out. Like don't leak those secrets. Like you gotta have a perfect, clean cut story. You have to have all of these perfect records. There can't be one single mark on anything along the way. Present yourself as this perfect being, all of this stuff. And Matthew is like, forget that. Yeah. Front door. This is all the mess. This is the dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. These are all the secrets. This is all the stuff that you're gonna get hung up on and then read the story, and then meet who this is. You know, it's like we so have to get over ourselves. We so have to get over these things that for the Pharisees, for us, for anyone, we can get so tangled up in those details of, well, that counts against their character, so Mm -hmm. I'm not going to listen to another thing they say. And rather than these things working against Christ's character, it actually is a testament to his character. Yeah, yeah. And who he seeks out and who he's come to be with. And that was even in the scripture that you referenced uh, this weekend was that Jesus said, I came not for the healthy, I came for the sick. And I just think that's so beautiful. And in terms of that's why Matthew would have, like you said, maybe just had that gleam in his eye as he's writing that because he was writing himself into that story, a broken, hated tax collector, the lowest of lows. And he's like, man, I got a place on this wall too. I got to be his friend. Mm -hmm. I got to be his follower. So yeah, I think there's not one thing we could do. There's not one person that we could be that we don't also get to be invited into that story because Mm -hmm. of his righteousness and not our own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think especially too, to kind of come from, because then we went into chapter nine of Matthew where Matthew writes his story, his account of Jesus. And like you said, we came up to that conversation where he said, I came from not for the righteous, but for the sick. And I think the the show The Chosen does such a good portrayal of how the followers of Jesus and and other Jewish people of the time hated mm-hmm. tax collectors. The whole story of Matthew, whether you agree with what they did with this character or not, that's besides the point. How the disciples and how they depict that animosity and division, even within the ranks as they're following Jesus, is so accurate to how it would have been. So for Matthew to even have that be sitting in the same room with this man named Jesus, who he just, whether he just saw or just heard that he just healed a guy, everybody knew about Jesus, you know, is now sitting in his house with his followers and his followers absolutely hate and despise him. This full circle of beauty and understanding and like Jesus didn't tell Matthew to go quit collecting taxes. Like, hey, before you come follow me, stop what you're doing. Repent with your family, you know, that your broken family that you have. Like, go back and fix that and then come follow me. Jesus looked at him in the midst of sitting at the table, robbing his countrymen and said, follow me. Don't do anything else. Follow me. And because he followed, Matthew later believed. And we have one of the most detailed accounts of Jesus's life. And it was off of like, 
it's not on your, and we keep going back to this, but it's not on your merit. It's not what you do. Mm -hmm. As broken, as messy, as flawed as we are, God presents us this beautiful gift of, of righteousness and grace and freedom and love here and now. And eventually, God will work through us. Like if we come to him and we accept that, like Matthew did, if we get up and follow him, eventually he'll work through allowing us to forgive ourselves. Eventually he'll start restoring those relationships. Mm -hmm. But we don't do that first. We do that now. Yeah, I'm just so blown away and I almost get emotional now when I read the genealogy, like what I missed for years. Now is like this beautiful layout of this ugly, messy love story that offers you and me and whoever's listening and everyone in the world this opportunity to where we are, whatever we're facing right now, just come to the throne room of God and be like, I don't deserve this, but I accept it. Mm -hmm. And it's just incredible. And that's what we see in Matthew's story of righteousness, undeserved, unmerited, Mm -hmm. but hundred percent accepted. He realized in that moment when Jesus said, I didn't come for the righteous, I came for the sick. Matthew could have been upset. He could have been offended, but he knew, he knew where he was. He knew he was unworthy to be at that table. And he said, I'm going to sit at this table. Mm -hmm. This is awesome. Yeah. So. And I think that's such a huge part too, is that in the attitude that Matthew has taken to using this as the start off of using this really messy genealogy at the front gate that's an attitude we also really need to take into consideration, like you said, of not being offended by our brokenness, mm-hmm. not being offended that we are messy and that we have to own it mm-hmm. with, I have messed up. Yeah. This is in my story. This is what I've done. You know, yeah. this is all of it. We have to be willing to, to put that out there. We have to be willing to address it and bring it out to the light. Yeah. And like it's, mm-hmm. it's opposite of like what you even said before about the politicians mm-hmm. on how you start off saying you have this clean slate, but when it's revealed, you deny it and lie it and mm-hmm. like pay someone to go away type thing. Yep. But like, you're exactly right of like, no, this is who I was. This isn't mm-hmm. who I am, but this is the mistakes I've made. This is the struggles I have. This is me broken and flawed and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't need to prove anything. Yeah. And so often we try to mm-hmm. prove that we are we're who we're not. Right. We're either, and I think we can, we can take it in two ways. We either try to pretend we're perfect or we use the fact that we're broken as an excuse. Uh, yes. You know, and I think like any of these people within this story could have used their family or could have used their background as an excuse of, well, I can never amount to anything mm-hmm. or this was what was done to me. This is what my family's known for. I'm the mistake on the page that everybody tries to cross out. Yep. You know, I'm the story they don't want to remember. Yeah. And Jesus is saying in a loving way, you need to get over this. Yeah. 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 Because I'm over it. Right. It's like, as soon as you can address that, as soon as you can own that and leave that behind. Awesome. Because I have left that behind. Yeah. You bring up a really good point because even just in Matthew's story that I, I guess I hadn't thought about before, he could, like in today's culture, you you hear a lot about like church hurt. Mm-hmm. Like he was not allowed in the synagogues. No. He was ostracized from the religious community. Mm-hmm. He had family hurt. He could have lived in bitterness and animosity and he could have used that to project that onto Jesus and turn from that invite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I guess I didn't think about it that way. And it mm-hmm. was his 
understanding of where he was and not allowing his anger, his hurt to keep that from following Mm -hmm. Jesus. Because, I mean, we see that in so much today. I talk with so many people who were hurt or offended by, I'm using air quotations, the church, Mm -hmm. um, that they are not a part of a community or they mm-hmm. they don't contribute in some way or you know there's just all these different things and matthew didn't allow that to stop him yeah that good observation mm-hmm. well done it's so easy to get caught up in holding on to bitterness mm-hmm. towards other people and especially like you said in that church hurt which is so unfortunate that that is such a thing and it is and that's not to discredit anybody on what they've experienced not at all. and Man, just some of the stories I've heard from that people have been willing to share is brutal. I can't imagine how they continued to walk through the doors that they did, the relationships that they, you know, still push through and have and were oh, able yeah. to reconcile and do. Like the sheer amount of forgiveness and grace that people have shown is an inspiration to me. But at the same time, as offensive and as hard and as painful as some of those situations are, we cannot at any point allow that to stand in the way of a relationship with no, Jesus. No. And so, I mean, if that's maybe you out there of holding on to something, maybe we just encourage you to consider moving moving past that. Yeah. And forgiving the, that. The best uh, quote that ever came out of the uh, Frozen <laughs> the movie. Frozen franchise. Yeah, the let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Like what I always tell my kids and anyone I, I talk with, we can't let other people's actions dictate who we are and how we respond. And so, yeah, I, I will absolutely agree. I've, I've heard some horror stories of people, mm-hmm. how they're treated. But, you know, the, the church today is not the church that was intended to be. Another uh, amazing thing I uh, learned from one of the Andy Stanley studies was how the word church was an accurate translation of what Jesus actually said. And he said, I will build my movement, my the gathering, room. my mm-hmm. congregation on this rock. And just as the church has transformed over the years, we became more of an institution as opposed to a movement in a way. I understand there's a whole lot that goes along with that, but the church, the entity itself, it's the people. Mm-hmm. And people are broken and messy and we're going to mess up and we're going to say the wrong things. And I've said this to many, especially when we're in our beginning phases of launching the church. I told our launch team, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to say something that I I don't mean or I say incorrectly. I'm going to make decisions you're not going to like. I'm sorry. I I really am. But I'm not God. I'm doing the best I can with what I have. And I'm going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And we cannot base our relationship with God off of relationship with humans mm-hmm. because we are all broken and messy people. And when we allow that to dictate our relationship with God, man, that's you are not allowing God to do incredible things in and through you based off of me, based off mm-hmm. of another bonehead right. who made a mistake. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I know I have that in, in my story. I I know so many people who have situations that they could easily justify not furthering the relationship with God or being involved with said church organization because like he did this or he said that and not that they weren't painful, not that they're not valid, but they shouldn't dictate who we are or how we respond or how we love or how we receive love and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And we just unfortunately see a lot of that today. Yeah. Yeah. And we just have to embrace that attitude of Like you said, presumably, we don't get to hear a lot 
about the dynamics between the disciples. We get little snippets mm-hmm. of them kind of arguing or trying to figure out who's going to be better than who. And you can kind of see that tension yeah. between them. But we have to embrace this attitude of they had to move past their past. Yeah, They had to mm-hmm. move on from the fact that they were fishermen and tax collectors and doctors. And they were all from different backgrounds, all from different families. I mean, we had a couple of the followers were siblings with the other followers. I mean, there's so many different layers and complexities that we miss or that we don't get to um, read into, but it can be assumed from the way that they responded after the resurrection that they got past those things. They got past those differences. They had to move on from the fact that Matthew and his friends were stealing from them. You are exactly right, though. I mean, I and I don't want to keep going back to this, but I think it's a great example. I mean, the the chosen, I, I was just trying to look up the episode and watch it what it was. There's an episode where it doesn't even show Jesus at the beginning. It just shows the disciples preparing and Jesus is off healing people and they're taking turns helping organize. But it, the whole episode was around them at camp. And it was almost driving me nuts at first because it just started building up this tension in their personalities and who they are. And you know, after 45 minutes, there's this moment where it all comes down to they're all at this, the, the campfire for the night and uh, the meals being prepared and conversations are getting heated and all of the background, all of it. And it actually comes down to like everyone's so angry at Matthew and people are yelling and screaming at him and everything culturally that they would have felt at the time is so accurate. And out of nowhere, Jesus comes stumbling in exhausted from healing and teaching and loving and serving all day and just walks past the fight and goes and lays down and it shuts them all up. Mm -hmm. Like realizing what they missed out on because they were in their mess. They chose to fight instead of being with Jesus and healing. They chose to um, wallow in their self pity or felt the need to justify whatever, you know, in Mm -hmm. that moment, I just remember like being crushed, like thinking Mm -hmm. how many times in my life that I've missed being a part of what Jesus is doing because of myself, yeah, because of my perspective, because of my point of view, because my self-righteousness, because Mm -hmm. you name it. And there's more times than I want to admit. Mm -hmm. And I think what you said is so true. You see when they experience the resurrected Christ, when they saw flesh and blood, Jesus fulfilling his promise, saying he was going to die and rose again, and he did it, none of that mattered. Mm -hmm. They championed behind what they now knew to be true, as Jesus is who he said he was, and that's all that mattered. Mm -hmm. And we get so lost all the time about the drama, about Mm -hmm. the the genealogy, about who hurt who. Who hurt who. Mm -hmm. But really, it doesn't matter. Mm Mm-mm. Like it's all a secondary issue. Yeah. First and foremost, Jesus loves us. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yep. Everything else is so, so less important. It's not even hardly worth bringing up. And I think we see that. It's, I mean, you don't see Jesus constantly bringing up each of these guys' past and all of that. Like that's just not even a, it's, not it's where there. they were. Yeah. And now it's, and forward. Yep. And this is what we're doing. And this is who I am. Yeah. Because that's what matters. That's what matters. You know? Yeah. I thought this is kind of a side tangent, but I found it really funny is I really enjoy listening to Tim Mackey 
um, who, if you guys know, is the creator, one of the co-creators of the Bible Project. They yep. do a lot of videos, a lot of great work. Brilliant guy. Um, but I found like some of his sermons, and in one of them, he was talking about how him and his wife sometimes get into fights because that that would never happen, right? <laughs> um, but he was just what? like, sometimes like when we're fighting, we just, we stop and we just, in joking, but in all seriousness, say, well, gosh, darn it, don't you know I'm just more important than you and I'm right? <laughs> You know, and it's just at the heart of it, <laughs> that's like that. that's what we're all dealing with mm-hmm. is when we boil it all down to each of those fights, to that past hurt, to the issues that we're hung up on, we're not hung up on what happened. We're hung up because we felt disrespected. We're hung up because we didn't get to be right. We got hung up because someone didn't put us first. And that's all rooted in selfishness. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, it wasn't right. It wasn't fair what happened. You probably didn't deserve what happened. Yeah. However, that's a secondary issue in yep. the light of Christ. Yep. It pales in comparison yep. and we have to move on to that. So whether it's just calling that out, kind of like how t- I love, I love that that's what Tim and his wife do. I'm just like, well, gosh, darn it. Don't you know I'm yeah. more important? Yeah. I'm going to try that. See yeah, how it works. Yeah. And just, yeah. <laughs> let me know if you live. <laughs> find out. Um, but yeah, it's just, we have to embrace this Matthew attitude of air out the dirty laundry on the front end. Just get rid of it, put it out there for what it is and move on. Yep. Cause if we're not whole, if we're not responsible for fixing our past, Mm -hmm. we have to trust him with our future. We have to trust Mm -hmm. him. If my hurts and habits and hangups don't keep me from doing this, I also can't allow them like what my opinions, what my thoughts, what my righteousness, I feel like I deserve. I have to let that go as well. Like literally we approach the cross with nothing and we leave with nothing because that's mm-hmm. like, I mean, we have everything when we approach it, we're given everything, yeah. but we can't take anything of our own. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, I have to all leave left. all my, mm-hmm. my pride, my prejudice, all of the movie references aside and move forward mm-hmm. in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If only we could grasp that. I know. Yeah. Easier <laughs> said than done right. for sure. Yeah. And I love this view what we're going through and breaking down as the Christmas story, mm-hmm. you know, as I, as I go through all the stores and see all the shiny stars, big inflatable Santas and all the reindeers and all the decorations and everything. And when you boil it down into this beautiful, innocent baby that was born to mm-hmm. die and what happened to lead up to that, it just makes it so real and so personal and so uncommercialized that I'm, I'm really excited about Mm-hmm. the series unfolding and hopefully Absolutely. just seeing people walk away from this not trying to achieve anything on their own but mm-hmm. coming and willingly just open-heartedly accepting the grace of god that is so freely given mm-hmm. yeah and no longer being defined by their family mm-hmm. not being defined by past but being defined by the new family that we're all adopted into mm-hmm. no matter who we are no matter the past, no matter our families, no matter the stories, yep. that we all get this fresh start in him. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. Especially, yeah, it's going to get spicy the next couple of weeks, oh. digging into those different stories. and Spicy is yeah, a good way of putting it. Because so you're do- talking about Tamar next week. Ju- Judah Judin, and Tamar, Tamar and next then, week. And then Rahab the next week. And then Ruth. And uh, I can't think offhand of the other one. Okay, so it'll be a surprise. Uh, yeah, that'll, it's a surprise. We'll leave that as a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
All right, guys. Yeah, well, I think that about wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in as we got to chat a little bit about our new series, The Unexpected Christmas. Um, we look forward to chatting with you guys next week. Yeah, I think you said it right. Just as a Christmas series that we wrapped it up. So mm-hmm. it's a nice, tidy little present for you. So we love you guys. Talk to you next week.